This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. This is a day I've been looking forward to for two and a half years. We're really proud of Timeline. We're going to reimagine Windows. Microsoft is announcing the breakthrough game console called Xbox. We've created a platform attuned to consumers' changing behaviors and an evolving sense of play. We set out to make the best watch in the world. And today, we're introducing Nexus 7. This is it, Xbox One. And we are calling it iPhone. The latest news, the newest products, the biggest names. Welcome to Your Tech Report. Online at yourtechreport.com. Join Mitchell Whitfield and Marco Flalo for the next hour of Your Tech Report. Yes, indeed. And this is the last edition of Your Tech Report for the month of May. Scared uh-huh. you there for a second. Scared you there. Uh-huh. Marco Flalo in Montreal. Mitchell Whitfield, my co-host, our co-founder. You are based in Los Angeles. Welcome to the show this week, Mitchell. And you are based in lovely Montreal, Quebec, Canada. But, you know, Mark... Uh, there is. I, I want to say we have a very eclectic show today. Of course, we're going to be talking about Google I/O and all the great announcements uh, from the folks that bring you Android and many desktop and uh, mobile applications. But we also have some really interesting stuff that we haven't talked about before, and I'm kind of excited to touch on uh, a couple of new products we're going to be doing some hands-on stuff with. So, how would you like us to start? Would you want? Oh, wait, stop, stop. Let me let me do this, Mark. I'm going to lead you in. For once, I'm going to hand this to you on a platter. Mark, um, let me ask you something. If people would like to reach us uh, to ask us questions, talk about reviews, pro- how, how could they reach us? Social media, uh, emails, how could they reach us, Mark? No problem. It's 1-818-730. Oh, sorry. Uh, on Twitter, it is at your tech report, Facebook.com oh, slash your tech report. And of course, yes. the page is your tech report.com. And our email address is contact at your tech report.com. Uh, Mitchell, I want to do a little quick shout out to all sure. the people who have uh, participated in our Panasonic Lumix giveaway because we are, oh, yeah. it came to an end uh, earlier this, well, later this, this past week, this past Friday. And we are going to announce the winner at the end of this very show. So if you you did exciting. participate, you will find out who the winner is. It could be you. Yeah, I'm talking I'm talking to you right there, Mr. Listener. Uh, Mitchell, as you <laughs> said this week, Google I.O., this is Google's developers conference. This is the time of year where various companies, BlackBerry does it, Microsoft did it a couple weeks back with the, their Build conference, Apple's doing it in two weeks with their WWDC. It is their developers conference. But normally what happens at these developers conference, other than getting a preview of what's to come, is we get a preview of stuff that consumers get to get to play with as well, and that exactly. is the case this year at Google I/O. So, Mitchell, let's start with Android M. Android M okay. is Google's latest operating system. You and I talked about this. We touched on this in the past, and we're really gotten to we've gotten to the stage where hardware isn't as impressive in terms of the modifications and the changes. We're used to getting more RAM. We're used to getting better cameras. Software really is where things are changing, and this seems to be the focus from Google's I/O this year because on Android M, they're really improving things. They're improving the mobile browsing experience. They're improving speed and battery efficiency. They're giving developers a more standardized way to adapt different things, whether it be Twitter or Instagram, et cetera, et cetera. And they're working hard to really invent these standards among their own operating system because you and I have discussed this in the past. They've always been a very fragmented brand. Uh, that's what I was going to say. Standardize or standards, standardization uh, should be a big thing for them as well because one thing we've talked about, you mentioned fragmentation, Mark. The one knock against Android over all these years is it's a different experience on every different branded phone. And I think that's been a plus side for some people knowing that if they go to HTC, they might have a different Android experience than if they get a Samsung Galaxy S6, which I do have my hands on right now. We'll talk about later. Um, and although that's kind of fun for the end user to say, oh, I wonder what Android's going to be like on this device. Uh, from a from the bigger perspective, from the bigger consumer's point of view, it's very hard to embrace something where you're not exactly sure what you're getting. And I think that's been the issue with Android for the for the regular. For, listen, for people that are tech techies and they really know their stuff, Android has always been the platform of choice because the customization options it's there to tinker with. But there there's been such fragmentation on the hardware side and even Mark on the software side, as you said, where depending on the manufacturer, you had proprietary. Skills 
skins for each Android experience looked different. Now, Mark, we're not seeing that lollipop. As we know, the naming ethic is based on desserts and candies and stuff. So lollipop was the previous one. That made some big strides to make it a more pure Android uniform experience from manufacturer to manufacturer. By the way, with M, this new operating system that they haven't really named yet. Oh, I've, I know what this one is, Mitchell. What is it? It's got to be M&M's. I mean, come on. They they did the Kit Kat thing with the branding. Maybe it's, it's going to be M&M's, I'm sure. I think M&M's is too big a name that won't be allowed. I'm going with Marzipan. Marzipan? The underappreciated confection. Yes, it's unusual. <laughs> it's sweet. And we will have Android Marzipan. Mark my words. Go ahead. Wow. Okay, so uh, other announcements at uh, Google I.O. this year. We'll talk about payments for a second. They they unveiled Android Pay. Um, what do you think Android Pay is? Well, with the standardization of the fingerprint authentication, this is uh, another rumor that's come to light, which is their payment system. It uses near-field communications, just like every other one that's out there, and they are expecting to launch with over 700,000 stores around the U.S., which will support Android Pay when it is released with Android M. So, I mean, in terms of the usage scenario, you know what it's going to be like. And here's the interesting part. Um, okay. And the Google Wallet will still exist, so you'll be able to use that in sync with Android Pay. So, I, I, well, I, I, go ahead. No, it's kind of like, no, it's kind of like what what Apple does with their with their passbook. And people, there's been confusion again. This seems like this, there's going to be room for confusion here with consumers saying, "Okay, I have passbook, which I can hold different cards and coupons and gift cards. Then I also have Apple Pay. Well, it's the same thing now with Google. And the question to you, Mark, is going to be at what point? Are we going to see these services? Forget about the hardware right now. Forget about Apple or Google hardware. What, at what point are these going to become independent services that are available on any phone you want versus it has to be tied to your particular phone? Meaning people with Android devices could use Apple Pay as a service and, con, you know, conversely, iPhone users could use Google Pay as a service. Do you think we're going to see this or is it going to be bound to the hardware permanently? What do you think? I think if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be Google because Google yeah. is not only about their hardware. They really are a services company and they open. build yeah. services that are open for every single platform, Windows, yep. BlackBerry, iOS, no matter what it is. And they're devoted to doing that. Obviously, they're going to favor their own operating system, which makes sense and their own authentication. Right. But I think if given the ability to use things like the fingerprint authentication on the iPhone, which uh, is opening more and more depending on you know when we hit you know WWDC i think that google could you know reign supreme in this area if they chose to do it and navigated the waters accordingly I, that, yeah, you're right that's just my take of things because, because they've shown in the past that they can do it and they're not they're open to it apple is less open to it unless their consumer base demands it and even then they have to wait to see if they're going to do it so so let's talk about google now for a second google now right. really is the the uh, all-around assistant for the Android operating system. But it's not, just as we just said, it's not only available for Android devices. It's available on iOS. It's available on Windows. And what it does, it's like a card-based system. So it, it keeps things in a timeline, things that might be timely and, informa- you know, and, and know about you. For example, if you constantly go home by the same route, it'll warn you that there's traffic upcoming on that route. Well, Android now is, uh, Google now is, is really evolving to now on tap. What Now on Tap does, it adds a level of context to the things that you are doing in their operating okay. system. Example, Mitchell, you sent me an email saying, hey, Mark, you want to go see Tomorrowland tomorrow night? Well, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about the movie Tomorrowland. But I, you know what? Yeah. Other, than, other than the fact that George Clooney is in it, I don't know much about the movie. So I'm going to go ahead and you know press that home button and hold it. And I'll say, you know, what's the movie about? I haven't said Tomorrowland. I haven't said what I'm talking about. Because that email is open, it knows that based on context, that is most likely what you are looking for. And it will instantly show you information about the movie and give you contextual results in terms of IMDb access and apps and different things that might be related to that movie. Go a step further, Mitchell. You're listening to a song by Guns N' Roses, for example. And you you can't remember, okay, well, who is the guitarist in Guns N' Roses? If you don't know that answer, then you shouldn't be alive. But you... Hit that button and you go, who's playing guitar? Well, that's a pretty vague question, right? Well, right. it will instantly bring up a picture of Slash and it's tell Slash, you that Slash yeah. is playing yeah. in Guns N' Roses. <laughs> so it's right. adding this level of context along with their whole kind of knowledge base of information that Google has and bringing it to a whole new level so that that experience is way more catered to that actual person using that device. It, it, but this is one of the things I've always loved about Google now is that it it always had the ability to stretch beyond the simple question that was in front of it, which is, I think, something that Siri has to evolve more into. Let me give you a basic selfish example, okay? If I ask Siri, 
who is Mitchell Whitfield, right? It'll immediately pull up my contact. Mitchell Whitfield is right here, and it shows my contact card in my, in my you know, uh, contact book. I'm like, okay, if I do the same thing, who is Mitchell Whitfield with Google now? Mitchell Whitfield is an American actor, and it'll start listing off the movies I've done, the animated stuff. So immediately, Siri is looking j- just at immediately what's on the phone here. There's no context in terms of the bigger picture of who is this person. It just thinks I'm asking about the person in the contact book, while Google now can go bigger and go, oh, if I pull up this person on the web, it gives me all this information. I see he's an actor. I can pull up IMDb. So I think Google now has always been a bigger thinking service, and the fact that it's only getting smarter just means that Siri has that much more to catch up, and I feel like Google now, it just pulls a further and further ahead before Siri and Apple has the time to make Siri as smart. So I'm glad it's on iOS devices because I have an option. I'm not just bound to Siri. For certain things, maybe. But big picture, Google Now is fantastic. The other big announcement that came out of Google I.O. is a service called Brillo. What Brillo is, Mitchell? Brillo is Google's operating system, as you sit there and wipe yourself, uh, Google's operating system for the Internet of Things, meaning the smart home and connected devices. Right. They realize, like everybody else does, that there is no standard in which smart devices work with each other. Locks, thermostats, uh, blinds, music speakers. People are trying, but there's no standard behind it. Google has introduced Brillo to really dumb down the process of making these things work on one unified platform so that developers can develop services and and solutions that take advantage of these connected devices and manufacturers can embed their Brillo operating system onto those devices so they can all speak in perfect harmony. Their goal, obviously, is to really just, you know, brush down to the bottom and get everybody talking the same language. The problem is, will other people get on board with this as well? And that is yet to be seen. By the way, did you mean to make a Brillo pad reference by saying brush down and get to the bottom? Is that Was that intentional? That was intentional because they actually made the reference in Google I.O. as well because that's their whole, that's the reason they came up with the name, which is brushing oh. down to the basics. Well, I thought that was yours, and I'm going to give you credit for it, and you're brilliant. I just wanted to say that. Um, so I, I love this. I love this idea. And once again, I know home, home automation is like your drone, your, you know, your version of drones for me. Uh, I know you love and you're very tied into home automation, and I do love the fact that we are starting to see an big attempt, especially by a company like Google. You know, if Google steps out and says, we want to make this system so that everyone has access to it, when Google does it, it makes a huge difference because of their reach. Again, if we, let's let's take it back. I feel like I'm being like glasses half empty boy today. Let's look back at Apple. How does this affect Apple's attempts with their own built-in system they're trying to develop, and they only started doing it in the past year publicly through betas and through developers to try and get their connected home software going? Again, are we going to see, okay, they're just going to go head-to-head, and whichever one catches on, that's the one that'll work? Or do you think they can both live in harmony? Because I don't want iPhone users to be left out in the dust and start having to use Google Apps for all these great services. You know? I, th- I think they both have to live in harmony, and this is yeah. where the manufacturers will have to um, maybe dictate that they're going to be supporting of both services because okay. you know Android and iOS go head-to-head in terms of the number of phones that are out there in the market. And I think as long as people embrace the two of them and realize that they can work together and they can do cross-platform things, I think they can work together. And I think that's where they, they have to end up at the end of the day with yeah. these things. Makes sense. All right, so I'm going to ask you something now. Yes. Because I'm looking at the time. This is usually the point where we see we still have a bunch of news left. Are we going to power through? Are we going to take a break and do another news segment? How is this going to go? Because I'm excited. I want to know. Okay. Because you said that, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk all about Google Photos, which creeps the hell out of me. Um, Windows 10 (laughs) is on schedule for a July release, Mitchell. So it's on schedule for a July release. We can get that out of the way. And a very cool story about FIFA that has nothing to do with controversies. All that coming up when we come back right here on Your Tech Report. There's more Your Tech Report after this. Report. Welcome back indeed to your tech report. Marco Flalo in Montreal, Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles. We continue with the news of the week talking about Google I.O., which happened just last week. So, Mitchell, we talked about Android M. We talked about Android Pay. We talked about Brillo. Um, Google Maps is getting offline navigation, which I guess makes sense. It's about time that they get that navigation offline. This means when I'm in a plane and I, and I don't turn on airplane mode and I hit Google Maps, I can probably see where I'm going. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> um... 
the biggest <laughs> lasting stuff. Yeah, I know. Right? The biggest last piece of news <laughs> from Google is Google Photos. So what they've done here is they've released a brand new Photos app and really a photo storage system. Everybody wants to store photos, and the, and the pattern these days is people giving you unlimited photo storage. So Google is following right. suit with their unlimited photo storage. They have an iOS app, they have an Android app, they have a desktop app. You can store unlimited photos as long as you are willing to compress them a little. So if you want the raw form, you're going to be eating into your Google Drive account. But one of the right. coolest aspects of this photo service is the way in which it automatically sorts your images. It's not just about when they were taken. It's about clicking on a picture of Mitchell and seeing all these pictures of Mitchell. It's about doing a search for the term selfie and seeing all the photos that are selfies. Taking search context into your photos. You'll be able to click on a picture of your son and see your son from current age all the way back to when he was a baby. That is how creepy and how well it was done. And this is something that we've seen before, uh, or there are aspects of this that we've seen before that Apple has done, but it is something that you had to teach the software to do. Here's a picture of me. Could you find other pictures? And then you'd go through this process of vetting out, okay, that's me. That's a picture of me. No, that's a young lady. That's not me, although she does have beautiful skin like me. And then you go, this you're saying, here's, what, here's what's funny. You immediately said to me before we went on the air that this creeped you out a little bit, how it did all this stuff without actually you having to do anything, correct? Correct. And what did I do? I looked up online, and I, I kid you not, folks, I just happened to look up online. And I looked up online, and I just looked at you know Google Photos, and there's an article from Gizmodo website, great tech website, of mm -hmm. course. And the article is, here's the exact title of the article. Google Photos hands-on. So good, I'm creeped out. So, Mark, you're not the only one that's impressed slash creeped out by how good this is. It does make you wonder, though. I kind of would love to talk to somebody on the programming end of this to see how they were able to get this. Because you talk about, you know, Google Now being contextual and knowing just based on context, does this do the same things? Does it, does it detect which, you know, if you're doing the front-facing camera, does it know that must be a selfie? How does it figure this stuff out? Because it's kind of brilliant, isn't it? You know, we're going to reach out to the guys at Google and see if we can talk to someone about the programmatic, programmatic uh, methods that are used. It, it, it is so slick, Mitchell, and just the whole experience with photos really takes things to a really cool, almost revolutionary new level. You know, I don't know about you, but whether I have photos stored in Dropbox or in an iOS device, you're constantly scrolling back in time because things are organized for you in time when you took that picture. So right. you're constantly scrolling. Well, with using the new Photos app, you can actually pinch and zoom into time. It's not just about scrolling up and down. As you pinch, you're zooming out in time, and then you can go to a year, you can go to a month, you can navigate things a lot easier. If you want to select multiple things, you don't have to touch each photo to do it. You hold down on one of the top left, for example, and you just drag your finger, and you can select multiple, you know, multiple photos. You know, down the line, it's going it, to, it's really going to make a cool interface for the way we interact with our photos and videos. But so far, what we've seen is really, really, really impressive. And with unlimited storage, there's no reason not to try it out. And again, I feel like, and I, I hate doing this because it's, it's not who I am, Mark, but let's, let's take this over to the Apple side for a moment. And we just know that, of course, they just started to, although it's still there, the legacy version is still there, they're trying to phase out iPhoto on all their devices and make a cross-platform photos app, which they have done successfully on Yosemite and iOS, right? If you've upgraded to Yosemite, that is. If you have not, then you are not there yet. But... Uh, you know, are we seeing, again, Apple sort of played catch-up? They had one unified photo app to rule them all across all platforms, and here we go. No more than two or three months later, Google comes out and raises the bar yet again. I still feel there are some ways where Apple is incredibly innovative, and on other ends, such as Google Now and the photo side, I feel like they're constantly playing catch-up to how Google and how quickly Google seems to be innovating there. Well, we talk about software and how important software is, and this is where Good programmatic, programmatic software creation really is, that a word? is. It is will we'll make okay. will make things stand out. This is where the pivot will happen. This is where you will see great design and great functionality win out right. over hardware. And yep, sometimes absolutely. it is about that. It's about just getting the things to work the way you want it to work. And this is an example of what Google Photos works. And you can try it out right now. It's available right now. You can download the desktop app, and it will search your entire computer for any photo it finds and automatically upload it. And again, unlimited storage if you don't want to use the high, high-resolution versions of the photos.
And, you know, Mark, on, on earlier shows and back on the website back in the day, we always told people the importance of redundancy when it comes to backing up oh, yeah. precious things that are irreplaceable things like photos. And the fact is, people know we no longer live in a, in a papered society in, in many, on many levels, but especially with photos, it's gone so far on the digital side, which is good, but that means it's also easy to lose with the misclick of a single button. So I do suggest, and I think Mark, you'd be with me on this, any of these services that are free that allow you to back up in the cloud, it doesn't matter if you have it backed up somewhere. Just do it in as many places as you can. It does it in the background for the most part. Most software does it late at night so as not to bog down your computer or devices during the day and slow down your internet. So we recommend that you use these apps, back up this stuff for free because these are memories that if they're gone, they're really gone. Why not just be redundantly redundant. How'd you like that? I like, redu I like yeah, being yeah. redundantly redundant. Redundantly redundant. Yeah, I thought you'd like that. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Let's take a break from Google for a moment and talk about an interesting <gasps> Apple bug that surfaced itself this week, which was really kind of bizarre, really. It was, uh, if you used, a, if you received a text message with a specific string of text, it would actually uh, crash your phone and crash the messages app. And the only way to recover from it was to get someone to send you a new text message so that when you went back into the app, it was looking at that new text message. They have released a temporary fix. A permanent fix is coming in the next version of uh, the operating system, which we expect to see in the coming week, right before the uh, release or announcement of iOS 9, rather, at WWDC. But, you know, everybody's, you know, there are bugs in absolutely everything, whether this was a, an intentional hack of any kind, we doubt. But uh, just an example of how being proactive about that soft, those software updates is extremely important. And we did talk last week about the update to Apple Watch, correct? We talked about that on last we week's did. show. We did talk about it last and, week. And, and, of course, that was based on a bug. Of course, there were other updates that came with it, but that was based on a bug on a hack that people were able to do on your phone through your watch. So, you know, now this week, it's, of course, you know, hacks based on just reading and just acknowledging a text. That's scary stuff. So when these things come out, <laughs> it's important that we tell you about it. And also, do your due diligence at home, guys. Make sure you're checking the websites, Apple, you know, for Mac rumors or any of the Google blogs, because they will tell you when these things are happening. We're only on once a week for the most part, except for our replays, but you guys have to protect yourselves and your devices. So I think it behooves people just to be a little bit aware and check out the websites for your particular product and brand, and they'll tell you about these updates as well. So lots of controversy going on right now around FIFA and the sport of soccer, but there's some, uh, <laughs> there's some element of FIFA news that is not amidst controversy, which is for FIFA 16, the new game from EA yes. Sports, which uh, you'll be seeing, I'm sure, at, e at uh, E3 in a couple of weeks from now, uh, has made room finally. The long-running FIFA video game franchise is now gaining 12 women's national teams, as, it's, as far as this newest version is concerned. And there's a great, great, great story on the EA Sports website, if you want to click there, Mitchell, um, or I encourage anybody to. They talk about the making of the game, the importance of having women in the actual game itself, how they do the motion capture. Um, very, 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 very cool. So you're going to see teams from Germany, U.S., France, Sweden, England, Brazil, Canada, Australia, Spain, China, Italy, and Mexico, um, including all the player likeliness, just as you would on the men's side. Very, very, very cool. And it's, uh, it's about time. Uh, yeah, it's about time, and I'm especially glad, of course, being a completely North American show here, uh, you know, based throughout Canada and the U.S. It's nice to see two of the best teams in the world based in Canada and the U.S., of course, included. But, Mark, this affects me in two ways. Number number one, uh, I've been coaching my son's soccer team, co-coaching his team for years now. It's given me a huge appreciation for the game. I grew up playing hockey and football and baseball. Soccer wasn't part of my generation growing up, although we had Pele and watched him. It's still in this country, wasn't as big. But gaining an appreciation for the game, the FIFA games are brilliant. The sport is replicated so well, and it is a beautiful sport once you take the time to learn it and understand it. And as a father, and I think you feel the same way with your daughter, having daughters now and wanting to empower them and get them involved in doing as much as they can and seeing the popularity, how women's soccer has grown and, and wanting to get them on board as well. I think it's a fantastic thing. And the game looks and plays great on an extra level. Of course, that's just on the gamer and not the, not the news end. But yeah, I'm excited about this as a dad and as a soccer fan and as a gamer. Mitchell, yes. Pe Pebble Time, Pebble's new watch. Um, Pre-orders begin June 22nd. The first reviews are out on a lot of different websites. You can take a look at those. Um, overall, they're calling it, you know, the most, uh, I guess, uh, I don't even know what the word is, Mitchell. People are liking the watch. It's not as vivid of a screen as Android Wear devices or the Apple Watch. But as a $199 alternative to these uh, these watches, uh, definitely a good buy. Much nicer design. 
gets very colorful. Colorful. Um, so June twenty second, if you want to get your hands on that uh, Pebble Time, you can do so for just one hundred ninety nine dollars. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at it. it actually looks pretty cool. And Pebble has done a lot, uh, you know, since they originally started their Kickstarter campaign years ago, where it's basically an e-ink display, very simple, a few watch faces. They've definitely grown. And I think the acceleration of, you know, the the Google, uh, the Google Wear, you know, the wearable platform they have, um, Apple Watch, has accelerated what Pebble has had to do in response. And if it's any good... At a much lower price point, it'll be a nice alternative. Pebble's put out some really good smartwatches. I, I, it'll just have to. We'll have to see visually if it can keep up with what Google and Apple are doing because visually those watches are stunning. Hopefully, Pebble can keep up a little bit. It is your tech report. Mark Aflalo and Mitchell Whitfield with you. Your tech report on Twitter is at your tech report. Facebook.com slash your tech report. When we come back, we are going to talk to Phil Duma from Unikey. His technology is in the locks we call Kivo, which is a partnership between Quickset and Wiser. All about those locks when we come back right here on Your Tech Report. There's more Your Tech Report after this. Welcome back to Your Tech Report. For gadget news and reviews, click to yourtechreport.com. Mitchell, it's no surprise uh, that I am a big fan of various forms of home automation technology. You have your crutches in the drones, and I have my my crutches (laughs) here. So uh, when we got an email uh, by this wonderful PR guy um, telling me that we should try Kivo, one of the smart locks that have been around probably longer than I can can think of a smart lock, I, of course, said yes. Let Let me... get my time with Kivo because I wanted to see how this specific technology works because there are very unique elements, let alone the fact that they are tied together with two of the biggest brands you can think of in terms of just lock technology. Absolutely. And this is something, listen, I know that home automation is your kryptonite, but I think there are a lot of listeners out there that do have questions and want to know how home automation, especially when it comes to their locks at home, what the reality is, how these, how this technology works, how it evolves, and how it continues to evolve. So I think it's, it's not just you, Mark. A lot of people are into this. It's not just you. So on the line with us right now, we have the pleasure of talking to Phil Dumas, the president of Unikey Technologies. Phil, how are you? Uh, good. Thanks for having me. So, Phil, can you kind of summarize for us? Unikey is the technology that basically turns these traditional locks into smart locks, Correct. Yeah, that's right. Unikey, we're, we're, we're just purely a technology company, and uh, we we enable our partners such as Quickset and Wiser to, you know, offer the most cutting edge technology, but um, you know, and, and a well known brand and a well tested product. Um, so it's 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 the most cutting edge technology, uh, but available to the masses. Why, when when licensing your technology, why would you go with brands like Quickset and Wiser as opposed to some of the other big names that are out there? Yeah, so, you know, what Unikey likes to do is we like to partner with the number one players in, in their respective markets and vertical. And Quickset is the number one residential lock brand and manufacturer in North America. Um, so they were the easy partner of choice. And uh, they make great and elegant electronic lock solutions. And we just provided them a new and unique way to, you know, unlock those uh, mechanical, electromechanical locks that they have. So for those who aren't familiar with how Kivo works is you have an app on your smartphone or you could have a smart key, which is a small plastic dongle that transmits on the same frequencies as your phone does. And as you approach the door, if you are allowed to use that door, you touch the deadbolt and it will unlock. And when you go inside your home, you'd simply just turn it and you can lock the door. But there's really unique technology here. Um behind sensing whether the user is inside or outside of the home. Why does that play a big, important role in what Kibo does? Well, to take a step back, um, what Unikey really focuses on is providing the most convenient way to access everything. And um, it's got to be easier than the existing solution. So when we look at access of the residential home market, uh, it has to be easier than that traditional key. So pulling that mechanical key out, putting it in the lock and turning it has to be simpler than that. And that's actually quite a challenging problem to solve. And that's why you haven't seen that really evolve from the masses. Over 1,100 years, people have been using mechanical keys. So we had to really look at this from a different perspective. And literally, if you're easy to putting a key in and turning it, the only thing easier than that is just touching it um, or having it unlocked magically. Um, but we didn't want to have it unlocked because you need you need to tell it that you want it to unlock, but it still has to be easier. Um, so you actually can keep your phone in your pocket, pulling the background just as you normally do day-to-day walking around, 
and you just walk up and touch your your door and it unlocks. But if you think about that experience, and you alluded to our inside-outside technology, you can't have a bad guy knock on the door and you walk up on the inside and they touch the door and it unlocks. So we actually have to determine what side of the door your phone is on, uh, and that's our unique inside-outside technology, and we're the only smart lock um, that has this experience in technology. Well, it, it seems like there, there's more to it than just that, Phil, because uh, just looking on the website and just seeing how, how in particular, Kivo is working, one of the nice things is it's fully programmable. So you can you can give these digital e-keys to other people. You can set times when it's accessible. It really is a platform that is that is completely customizable, yes? Yeah, that's right. And, uh, you know, again, easier than the existing solution. You know, you have to be within physical proximity to give somebody a regular mechanical key or hide it under the mat, which is extremely insecure. Um, but with Kivo and the, the Powered by Unikey technology, you can actually send uh, e-keys electronically and, and virtually to other users. So, um, And you can put time constraints on those keys. You know, you can make it work for just a day or specific times on specific days. You know, if you have a maid service that comes every Wednesday from 2 to 3 p.m., their key can only work at that time. So it opens up this whole new level of security and also visibility. You have a full history audit log of who's come and gone. Um, so there's all sorts of other great benefits, but it really all starts at that day-to-day use of you know, making it easier than the existing solution. Phil, one of the things we talked about before we went on the air, Mark and I were talking, we were saying, huh, it's interesting, there really is the geofence feature. I wonder if there's a geofence feature, but when we started thinking about it, the geofence where you enter when you're just within a certain range of the door and having automatically open, there are issues with that sort of, an, and imagine safety issues, correct? That's why we don't have that right now in the, in the system. Yeah, that's right, and we looked at that many years ago when we were first architecting the system, and and you just don't want to drive by your home and have your door unlocked. And, and GPS is, is, you know, it can be fairly unreliable, especially within buildings. Um, and, and at other times you lose the satellites and it, it defaults over to just cell triangulation, which is like in some cases 600 meter accuracy. So you can get a lot of issues of bouncing. And, and so we make this decision, you know, just from Bluetooth and where your phone's positioning, and we don't rely on GPS, uh, uh, you know, tactics to try to determine where you are. It's way too unreliable. It's super, super important. I have to intend to want to unlock my door. Um, so just having it unlocked when you walk up, you may be walking by, and that, that's there's a super, you know, there's a big difference between those two user experiences. Phil, right now, Kivo is not internet connected, correct? That's right. It is a fully offline product. Exactly, which is actually which is a, a real benefit because you don't need to worry about an internet connection. You don't need to worry about a power supply because it is powered by batteries. But the trend in this industry is to connect our devices to the internet. And 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 for, correct me if I'm wrong, but you are heading down that road. Yeah. So you know, our customers ask for that. It's, it's a very um, uh, you know, reasonable ask on their front. They want to know the status of lock. They want to be able to lock it or unlock it remotely in certain scenarios. Um, and that's not a new concept. Um, you know, we call that a connected lock experience. Um, so uh, that's been around for several years now. Um, and, you know, we're very familiar with that, and, and we think it's a great benefit to offer our consumers. Our big differentiator is we're actually – a smart lock. We intelligently determine what side of the door you're on and who you're on, who you are. Um, but this connected lock experience is part of that. It's an ingredient to that smart lock, being able to interact with your phone and see the status and lock and unlock. And so we're, uh, you know, we're going to enable our product to offer that service uh, to our customers as well. Now, will that also enable your product to work with third-party services like IFTTT? I know it does communicate with Nest thermostats at this point, but there's a big demand out there. There seems to be this this trend towards connecting multiple devices so that you can create chains of events. For example, you unlock your door, your lights turn on. Is that something that we're going to see down the road? Because I've noticed hesitation in this particular sector in terms of smart locks, enabling those third parties to have access to, to what they need to, to do it. Yeah, you know, the hesitation is definitely real. Uh, for us, I can only speak for, for Unikey and QuickSet. Um, it's all about security. Yeah. Um, so your front door is different than a light bulb or a thermostat. Somebody hacks in and turns on and off your light. Um, you know, it could be a little concerning, uh, but not as much as if they unlock your door. So first and foremost, Unikey is a security company internally. 
Um, and that, that's our number one priority. So when it comes to integrations, uh, we're going to be very careful and strategic on, on how we do those. And, um, you know, we think right now the best thing we can do is make a great product. Um, and once a lot of these other products become smarter, I think you'll start to see smarter integrations and experiences. Um, but, you know, the smart lock world is in its infancy, uh, you know, as far as its, you know, life cycle and, and, and where the technology is at. And I think the, the, the true smart home is even more so in its infancy because the products have to win first. The Kivos have to win. The Nets have to win. And, and Hue and, and these other smart home products, they have to win their individual areas first before they start talking extremely intelligently to you know, each other. And I think some people get ahead of the curve there, and that's great. That's where everything's going. But the products have to get smarter in order to have smarter interactions with each other. A couple of the things that really impressed me with with Kivo specifically was the ease of installation because it replaces your existing deadbolt. To some, that might seem a bit daunting, but it's really not. It, it, it takes. It took me seven minutes to install Kivo, and that's because I had to spend three of those looking for the proper Allen key to get rid of my old lock that was there. So really, we're looking at like a four or five minute installation period, which is great. Setting it up was easy. Connecting it to different smart keys was easy, as well as getting my wife's app up and running. And I love how, you know, just aesthetically, you can match it with your existing color, whether it be the chrome finish, the satin finish, the uh, the nickel finish. Um, it's all there. And for a package that, you know, in most places are under $200, it really is is the smartest choice, in my opinion, based on all the locks that I've tried. I mean, there's so many locks that try to use your existing deadbolts and 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 they try to add on the enhancement, whereas this, because it replaces everything, you know it's going to work every single time, which is very, very cool, and I, and I applaud you for that. Um, curious, though, this is obviously, it's almost like turning my, my home into a hotel room, but you guys, being a technology company, have made some pretty good inroads on that market as well in hospitality, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, to your earlier for, uh, earlier point, first of all, I am biased, so I, I do think it is the, the correct solution. I mean, we, we certainly looked at what we call a strap-on solution many years ago and, and, and ruled it out. I mean, there's all sorts of little uh, things like a tapered deadbolt and everything that you get with a full lock replacement, and it, it's full, you know, truly a full smart lock. You're not just buying a smart actuator on the inside and um, you know, by having a full lock, there's just so many benefits. You can tell what side of the door you're on and all those little things. But um, to your second point, yes, we are expanding into other markets. You know, Unikey's goal is to make all access points smart and create you know, the most convenient way to access everything. And another big pain point um, in the world is, is the hotels um, and in the hospitality market. I mean, you know, I, I travel a fair bit and I always get two keys because they're always getting demagnetized and I keep them both in different mm-hmm. pockets. And, um, you know, you're always, not always, but sometimes waiting in long lines to check in. And, you know, it's just one of those moments where it's like there's got to be a better way. And, and um, not only that, there's a lot of people dabbling in, in unlocking hotel doors with, with smartphones. But one of the big things they're missing and what Unikey brings to the table is, again, this concept of doing it in a more convenient way. So there's other solutions out there where you have to pull your phone out and type in a room number and hit acquire a key and hold it up to a door and turn the phone. If, it's, if you're taking a one-step process of pulling it or two-step process of pulling a key card out, sliding it in and removing it, do this five-step process with your phone, yeah. nobody's actually going to adopt that. So it has to be easier than that key card. Um, and that's what Unikey's doing. You can literally check it on your phone and walk right to your room and grab the door handle and, and get in. And that's actually easier. And that's why we feel strongly that our technology is going to be adopted uh, on a mass market in that, in that channel. Well, I, I, again, I, I applaud your efforts because it's, it's all really, really cool, cutting-edge stuff that uh, you can see just down the road. You can just try and imagine where things are going to go. I don't even think we can imagine it. But it really is neat. And I think that the biggest compliment that I can give you right now is to let you know that as soon as we're done with this interview, I'm going to find out how I can get my hands on one to try one out. And that is the biggest compliment I can give because I've been holding off for so long on home automation. I'd send you mine, Mitchell, but no. No, no, that's why I'll have to get my own. I'll get my own. I'm a big boy. I can get my own. Phil Dumas from Unikey, president of Unikey, thank you so much for joining us. We uh, we really enjoyed this interview, and uh, we hope to talk to you soon about some other stuff coming up uh, down the road for your company. No, thanks, guys. I appreciate the time and interest. Your tech report will be right back. 
now, back to your tech report. Welcome back. Mark Flatlow Mitchell Whitfield with you at your tech report Mitchell on Twitter. Facebook.com slash your tech report. Our email address is contact at your tech report.com. If you've been waiting to find out who is the winner of that Panasonic Lumix DMC GX7, the wait will not be that much longer. But first, we're going to welcome a new contributor to the show, I guess. It's kind of fun, this one. Oh, yeah, it is. And let me, I'm really glad that you did the contact at yourtechreport.com because that email address is your portal to us. And why is that important? Uh, because not only can people that have great products reach out to us and say, hey, we'd like you to review this. Could you share this with your audience? But it's a way for our audience to ask us, hey, could you reach out to so-and-so and see if we can get a review of this? Or I've, I've heard about this. Is it really cool? Could you guys let me know? And having that information from you, the feedback from you, lets us reach out for cool new products. So, Mark, what did I get a bunch of emails about people asking about a company and a service called Loot Crate? Mm. Now, I have we both have big smiles on our face. So for those of you that don't know what Loot Crate is, it's a monthly subscription box. It's blind package, which means you don't know what you're getting. And each month when you subscribe, and it, I think it comes out to a little under $20, under $20 with shipping per month, in this box you get all sorts of cool gear that's related to all things geeky and pop culture. Video games, movies, comics, and you don't know what you're going to get in any given box. You just know what the theme is going to be, and you get to open up every month. It's like getting a gift every month based on stuff that you already love. And this, as a matter of fact, I think it's going to be next, in the next two weeks, I think we're going to have the founders of Loot Crate on the show to talk about the company, its inception, how they do, how they do everything there. But the folks at Loot Crate were kind enough to send us a Loot Crate of our very own that we get unboxed live on the air with you guys. I haven't looked at this before. And I don't know what I'm going to get. And like I said, it's all stuff that's related to pop culture. Isn't it funny, Mark, that the stuff that used to be called geeky with my little air quotes yes. is now incredibly cool. And it's just called really pop culture because now if you wear a superhero t-shirt, it's a cool thing. It's yeah, not it a is. nerdy thing. It's no, become exactly. a cool thing. So the folks at Loot Crate have finally, really tapped into. Finally, I know, really. Finally, finally, finally cool again. Cool. <laughs> Although that Captain America shirt, I like to wear mine, so I don't want to be twinsies. Don't wear that ever again. Um, so, I, I mean, I'm incredibly excited to open this. This is something, a service that I've heard about for a long time. I've never opened one. So, Mark, um, are you going to do some sort of, like, drum roll with your hands? Not or really. I'm just going to okay, talk about Loot Crate. I mean, the cool thing about Loot Crate, Mitchell, is that every yeah. month is a new theme. I'm opening while you do this. Yeah. Every yeah. month is a new theme. This month's theme is cyber. So, I mean, they call it a geek, geek and gamer gear is really how they kind of... Uh, you know, dictate what's in the loot crate, but it's really cool because right. you you never know what you're going to get, and you get some really cool stuff. Definitely worth more than the price you're going to pay for it. And well, that price, a, yeah, and, and that yeah. price is it's thirteen ninety five plus six bucks shipping and handling for one month. And as you increase that, depending on what you want, it can go all the way down to eleven ninety five plus six dollars shipping and handling for the one yeah, year plan. Year, I think, plus yeah. you get a bonus gift if you're on the year plan as well. So it's really really cool because it's like, oh yeah, my loot crate arrived. What am I going to get this week? And let's see, what will you get this week, Mitchell? Okay, let's see. Let's see. Okay. I'm opening. I just. I... Sound effects of opening the actual box. I see that. Okay. No, I have the so, last thing here. I got it. He's going to open the I cover. The right, or... <laughs> okay. Play by play of this. Play by okay, play of opening this. the loot First thing box. I'm getting is. Okay, look at this. Hold on. What is this? Oh, that is awesome. Is it a t shirt? Okay. Uh, the first thing is a t shirt. Okay, I like and it. And it is a Power Ranger t shirt. This is so cool. Mighty Morphin Power Ranger t shirt. And like this. Uh, Somewhere like in a slate gray with green and tan. It is beautiful. Very and cool. let me check something because I like checking this. Is it your size? It is my size. Well, that's a, that's the whole thing. When you subscribe, you tell them. Your uh, size. They ask you. You tell them what your t-shirt size size is because they, you know, they do tend to, you know, once in a while put t-shirts in there. And yeah. uh, this one, first of all, it's a really cool looking shirt. It's my size. The best part is it's a hundred percent cotton. I know that sounds ridiculous. <laughs> But if you're wearing a T-shirt that's not 100% cotton, you get the little, you know, you get the little itchies from the different, this 100% cotton T-shirt, it is beautiful and really, really cool here. It has the lettering, it has the look like half Green Ranger, it is beautiful. Okay, okay. so I have my Mighty Morphin Power Ranger T-shirt. Okay, let's see what I have here. Should I, should I keep tabs on the value of things so that I can figure out how much value well, you're getting? Well, I gotta tell you, a T-shirt like this, this is at least a $15 shirt. Yeah, so with exactly. this shirt. When, when you first of all, it's a brand. It's an official. It's a branded shirt. It's a it's a Power Rangers shirt. Yeah. So that alone is going to put it somewhere between fifteen and twenty dollars. So you've already gotten your money back just <laughs> on the T-shirt. We haven't even scratched the surface. Okay, I'm looking at. Oh, look at this. It's a three hundred piece puzzle for Rick and Morty. Okay, this is this is a show on Adult Swim. Now, now we have to tell people first of all, this is not. Um, 
this new this new month that started out it just started that where the theme is cyber the theme from the the box that we're opening is unity okay and now we're seeing unity so i'm getting the idea that it's like teams here because i'm seeing the rick and morty puzzle which as i was saying is a a show on adult swim an animated series more adult oriented you know adult series on uh adult swim you have a 300 piece puzzle here and of course power rangers are a team as well Mm -hmm. so i'm beginning to think that the unity theme is a team (laughs) thing different sorts of teams so we have the puzzle which is really cool 300 piece puzzle which is a decent sized puzzle a great t-shirt what do i have here i have Okay, look at this. Okay, they put in from Team Fortress 2. Oh, this is awesome. This is, oh, from the Steam slash Valve people. Team Fortress 2, I get these four buttons. And these are really, really cool buttons based on the game. Uh, these are really neat. You see this? I'm showing this to Mark as yes, if anyone uh, yes, else can I see, see it. it. These are really cool. Post okay, a picture, so post a picture on our Twitter account now, okay? I definitely will. I'll post right a now. picture. Okay, what am I going for now? Okay, dude, this is awesome. Okay. A Marvel. <laughs> this is awesome. Is that an ice cube tray? I'm getting... This is a Marvel ice cube tray. It looks like an Avengers themed ice cube tray. So you can That's have awesome. Oh, it isn't. It isn't just a Avengers. It's different characters. I have Captain America shield. I have an Iron Man face. I have. That's so cool. Oh my god, the thing. I have. Oh my god, these are awesome. There are eight different molds here for Marvel themed ice cubes. This yeah, is I've used awesome. I've used those silicone molds actually to do some chocolate stuff and you can do right. cookies and stuff with it. It's kind of fun. You can have some fun with these things. Of course, ice cubes are always good, but you can make little popsicles out of them too. Exactly. And because they're malleable, you can actually get the stuff out without worrying about breaking the rigid trays or the rigid molds in half. Exactly. These are very rubbery and malleable, so they're actually good quality. Look at you guys at Loot Crate sending good quality stuff. Okay. Is that it? Have, no, no, oh, there's more. Are you kidding? But wait, there's more. Wait, there's okay, more. I also have here. I also have. Oh, look at this. Oh, they also put stickers in here. Oh, it's a, this is a decal. This is an Avengers Age of Ultron decal. This oh, that's is really cool. cool looking. And it must be. Well, this must be like six by three or something. Maybe that's pretty maybe big. Five it's by like, seven. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a nice size decal. These aren't like tiny little decals. Okay, I'm look. There's okay, more. Here we go. Look at this. Yep, a set of Marvel shoelaces. Okay. Look at this. Marvel shoes. These are freaking awesome. Do I sound like a little like a you, school kid? You, you do sound like a school kid. It's so cool. Look at all the cool gear I'm getting, man. It's so cool. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so what is this? I'm getting another. Okay, look at this. Now there's another pin that's in there. It's a loot crate pin that says May 2015 Unite. Unite was the theme, not Unity. It was Unite. So I guess, in, I don't know if they do this in every box, maybe they also put a pin in there that commemorates that particular month's box, because that's what this is right here. Well, you see, I'm writing, I'm writing down all these questions, so when we do speak to the founders, we, uh, yes. we get all the answers yes. to them. You know, Loot Crate, oh, the way, they, they, done, by the way. they ship all over the place, by the way. This is not just limited to like North America. You can get Correct. it in the UK. You can get it in France. You can get Loot Crate pretty much anywhere that you want to get something shipped to you. More? Okay, there's look more? At this. This, there's more. There are two more things here. Uh, this next thing is, it looks like a comic, Bravest Warriors. I'm not familiar with this. But it looks to be, oh, Tales from the Holo John. It looks to be bathroom-themed with bathroom humor, <laughs> which for me is actually yes, perfect. Yes, so toilet humor is this, good for Mitchell. I, I will definitely have to check this one out. And, of course, even the comics, and there's also one other. Oh, my, my gosh. Look at this. A special Loot Crate edition of Mad Magazine. One of my favorite magazines growing up as a kid. Absolutely loved it. Could not wait to get every new issue. And, and by the way, you'll see, Mark, how they package them. Even the, um, whatchamacallit, the comics, the comic actually has the, the, the kind of packaging that you would see at a collector show. It's wrapped in plastic, in plastic with a yeah. little cardboard backing in there. And so there you go. I have that. And then, Mark, the box that it comes in yeah. can actually be opened up and created into like its own little house here. You pull it out to construct your own little lo- Oh, it looks like a, a Marvel locker. Oh, really? Kind of look. So it's themed? It's like an Avengers locker. Oh, the box cool. is seen that you can take it apart and okay, then well, reassemble it to be like a little house. It's really cool. We'll, we'll post that picture so there, online now, too. That, that is awesome. So uh, as you can see for your, what is it, like 19, for the one-month plan, if you're just doing it like month-to-month month and don't want to commit to any more than that, it's 1995, including the shipping and handling. It's not like you're getting one thing. I think we're pretty clear that just the T-shirt probably covers the money that you spent for this entire loot crate that included the puzzle, uh, the Mad Magazine, the Bravest Warriors comic, Age of Ultron uh, decals, Ice Cube tray, the Marvel-themed Ice Cube tray, the shoelaces, the Team Fortress 2 pins, and, of course, the commemorative pin for this month's Loot Crate, which was Unite. So, wow, this is really a fantastic value. And 
What are the odds of them sending us one every month that we could do an unboxing once a month? I would do it. I especially and maybe give stuff. away the loot crate to Ooh, like one it. lucky listener every month. I'm just uh, I'm putting it out there. No pressure. No, we'll no, no pressure loot. whatsoever. Uh, we'll tell them well, we already announced it on the show. So yeah, exactly. You send it? No, but uh, yeah, loot next uh, crate.com. Mitchell, a couple of weeks back, we uh, announced something else on the show. We did a very cool review of a Panasonic Lumix camera, camera, and the the fine folks at Panasonic Canada gave us a DMC GX7. Panasonic Lumix valued at $1,200 to give away. We've been doing that for the past two weeks, and I am very pleased to announce that the winner of this wonderful camera, which will be shipped directly to you, which features a stylish, high-class metal body, 90-degree tiltable live viewfinder, Wi-Fi capabilities. You you love this camera. It was great. Built-in image stabilization. Lots <laughs> oh, of fun stuff. Gosh. You can be... It comes, it's a, it comes with the lens kit, too. It comes with the lens, obviously. Yeah, of course. It comes, so, it's, yeah. it's a micro four-thirds, and it is a really, really cool camera that I wish I was able to play with myself, but I was not. Um, Jason Beekman of Kingston, Ontario is the winner of this incredible camera. <laughs> Mitchell applause. Bravo, my friend. Bravo. Uh, Jason, We're we will jealous be- if you want it back. Yeah, yes. exactly. We will We will definitely be in touch with you to, to arrange all the shipping and stuff like that. And we want to thank our friends at Panasonic Canada for making this giveaway possible. We love reviewing their products. We're going to be talking all about that 4K television and some great stuff from Panasonic as well. And you know what? We wanted to make sure we had something special for our Canadian listeners because we have had giveaways in the past that were specific to country. We've had some USA-only giveaways. So it was important to us, especially for the folks at Panasonic, that we showed love to our Canadian listeners as well. And it was really nice to be able to do something special for our Canadian fans. Mitchell, next week we will be uh, the first edition of Your Tech Report ever for the month of June 2015. Are you excited? I'm excited. Oh, please. I've never done one in 2015 June. I don't know what to do. Thank you to Phil from Unikey for being on the show. We'll post that interview online as well. And Mitchell, thank you for being here as well. It is your tech report. He is Mitchell Whitfield. And I am Mark Flallow, and we will see you next week. You've been tuned in to Your Tech Report. Join us again next week for another edition. And be sure to follow Your Tech Report online. Email us, contact at yourtechreport.com. Follow us on Twitter at Your Tech Report. Like us on facebook.com slash yourtechreport. For the latest in breaking tech news and reviews, yourtechreport.com. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon.